G'day everybody and welcome to another Bloody Movie Podcast. I am Sean Coates. Thank you so much for joining me today. And special episode today because this guest that I have here, uh, this is a podcast episode that's been a long time in the making. Uh, It's my old housemate and good friend Cooper Docking joining me. He just decided to take a drink of water at the worst opportune moment just then. Um, Just waiting for him to pick up his microphone so he can... All good. Hello. How are you going, everyone? Yep. (laughs) It's an interactive (laughs) podcast. How is everybody? How is everyone? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't know where that was going. Anyway, let's keep moving on. So the history between uh, Cooper trying to get on this episode is that he actually was on an episode, but you didn't hear it because I accidentally deleted it. Yes. Um, about Probably in about Ju- May or June last year, we recorded a spoiler episode for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which somehow I either lost or didn't save or accidentally deleted. I'm not sure which one. But anyway, that episode was completely lost. Uh, Since then, I've been trying to get him on the podcast. I tried to get him on when Thor Ragnarok came out, but the schedules didn't really fit in then. Tried to get him for Black Panther, but I already remembered I organized and told people that uh, I already told Callum and Luke that I'd have them on for this episode. But then uh, when Ready Player One was coming out, Cooper said, get me on your show then. Yeah. Or it was either, I think it was a mutual thing, I think. Yeah, well, considering I was very disappointed when I heard that you did lose that actual... Yeah, I, I, I couldn't well, believe that I did it too. And uh, as I told you last year, like, I've been waiting forever for that to come out. And I w- actually subscribed yeah, I didn't, to your podcast I, and I, waited <laughs> and sat there every day. would check the podcast to see if mine was up. Yeah, and I, I told Mason that it's not coming. <laughs> I actually forgot to tell Cooper that I didn't that i accidentally deleted his episode and yeah as cooper was saying he waited forever yeah it was probably a good month i checked every <laughs> single day and actually listened to it just in case there was part of mine in there oh obviously well, there was nothing to do with me <laughs> well that's that's a good way that i can get pe- it's a slow way for me to gain listeners isn't it yeah pretend you got them <laughs> yeah. on their bloody show and then kick them off at the last minute and don't <laughs> tell them all right, uh, so that's that's why Cooper's on the show as well today. But also, we just saw Ready Player One. Now, yeah, this literally just came out today. We went to a 1pm 1, 1 showing of this. We just came out, and we have some thoughts, a lot of them. And I'm not sure about Cooper, but I have a lot of th- I have a lot to say about this movie. First of all, uh, just for, to pre- preface this, uh, we've both read the book. Actually, no correction. Uh, Cooper has read it. Yeah. I have listened to the audio book. Not the same. Okay, yeah, but I I knew the I knew the story of the book going in, and I've kind of read it. Yeah, well, but considering it had been the first book I've read since probably back in high school, where they actually forced us to read books, I really did enjoy the book, and obviously can't say the same about Sean, but yeah, I just found that it was very intriguing to me, and I just enjoyed the pace that he went through. But towards the end, he really did rush the book, so that kind of let me down a lot. Uh, for me, with the book, I found that it was just kind of... Uh, it was just... There's a lot of real... There was a lot of cringeworthy dialogue and just just things that just felt really, really drawn out. And that was something... That was a change that I... That's why, with this film, I was cautiously optimistic about it because, you know, Spielberg is behind this and I understand that with adapting a book, there's going to be a lot of changes made. And there is a lot of changes in this, but we'll get to that later on. But... I just didn't really like the book that much. It just felt like fan service the entire time and just like things just thrown out. There's like an entire passage in there where Parzival in the book is describing his car 
and it was painful to read. What, it was DeLorean? like, yeah, when he's yeah. describing the DeLorean, I'm like, this and is he'd a done it up before he went out. Yeah, you know. and also, yeah, as I mentioned with Geislers in the book as well. Uh, well, there is there is the use of the other f word in the book, which I was really, really like, oh, okay. And also, I don't. I think Ernest Klein is a. I don't like him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> considering that I've read the book and I must have given it my own opinion when I actually did read it, and it just, in I, I don't know. I can't. Must have just the right mindset to actually read the book, and I made it my own and just enjoyed what I did read. And there probably were parts that I must have skimmed over and didn't take too much notice. But overall, I was quite pleased with what I read. Uh, obviously, the end was complete garbage. I thought, but see, I didn't mind the ending. Like, I think I didn't know how else they could have ended it. Yeah. So well, it, considering it's well, up until recently, it was yeah. the only so book they wanted to keep. Mm, by the way, we're going to keep this uh, episode spoiler free because, as we know, it's just it's literally just came out, and I don't think it comes out in America until tomorrow. I think there's like preview showings. Uh, I mean, it'll be out by the time this uh, episode air, uh, is on, on available to be to be listened to. But for the moment, I think just so we can yeah. so no book spoilers, no no book spoilers, no, no movie movies. spoilers. We're go- we're gonna try and some sometimes we may have to, but we'll we'll put a warning in if we do go into spoiler territory. But as for the movie of Ready Player One, so you liked the book. What did you think about the movie? Just as just to su- briefly summarize, what did you think of the film? Honestly, I was quite disappointed. Considering that I went in there with no thoughts about how good it would be or anything, not like didn't really have any intention of it being good, but I just went in there open-minded, thinking, oh, you know what, you know, it it might actually be alright for how long they've actually got it for, and I have to say I was very disappointed. Yeah, I well, I went in with low expectations, and I was ho- I was hoping, as I was saying before, I was hoping that there was going to be a lot of changes, which there are, but I was first of all bored by this movie. Like this film is two hours and twenty minutes long, and it is ridiculously unearned. I I just found there's just so many scenes just drag on. Like I think the third act is like an hour long. It's insane, but. Let's just, we've got a little bit, we've got some notes here just to kind of break this down to give this episode some kind of structure. Let's talk about some of the characters, first of all. I think a big problem with this movie is that the characters are so bland and have absolutely just no real there's charm. No, yeah, there's or There's no passion. There, there's no all. there's no anything to them. At least, yeah. here, here's the thing, at least they, in the book, that they were fully, I, know, I understand this book, there's more time to kind of flesh out character. But ex- again, you've got a two-hour and twenty-minute movie. Yeah. What do you know about Wade Watts apart from he's a huge nerd and he practically lives in the Oasis? Yeah, like considering the book really did go into depth with it all, and if they did convert that to a film, it wouldn't work. But looking at the film, y- if you didn't know any better, you'd think that they were held at gunpoint while filming this movie because there was no emotion to it whatsoever. No, none whatsoever. And also, you you oh, you just mentioned something there, and. I've, my mine's lost a little bit th- there, but you you had something to say about the uh, portrayal of no- Nolan Sorrento. Now, just before you get into this, when I found when I, while I was reading this book and I saw the trailer and I found out that Nolan Sorrento was going to be played by Ben Mendelsohn, I'm like, that's all. That is perfect casting. Not like that's that's exactly who I pictured what Nolan Sorrento would be in my mind. And also, Ben Mendelsohn is awesome, but here he's just a bland cliche villain. 
Yeah, I, I honestly thought that he was just taking the piss the whole time in the movie. Like, <laughs> what do you mean really by that? Just the way he act, like he could just tell that there was something off going there. Like, he just did not feel comfortable in that role whatsoever. Yeah, it, it, it I, I don't know. It just kind of felt like he was not necessarily phoning it in, but like he just didn't really care that much. And I don't blame Ben Mendelsohn. I mean, clearly, look at this character. Yeah, he like, did. Uh, yeah. He did the best he could with a badly written character. I think with this very cliche villain. Yeah, there were there were so many times where I just thought, "Is this honestly a joke? This movie? I cannot believe what's mm. going on." I was kind of hoping because you know Nolan Sorrento is not that great of a villain either. But like an actor like Ben Mendelsohn can elevate the material, mm. and here I don't really as good as Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, I think Ben Ben Mendelsohn is fine in the film. Like he's a great actor. He just doesn't really do much he just does what he can with it but it's just he's doing his best and also um the character of xandor who is like uh sorrento's right hand right number two essentially who i believe is not in the book yeah he's definitely not in the and book. the entire Brilliant time character. i'm like who the hell is this person like she she she's introduced like fairly early on in the film and then you don't see her for like an hour and then she's like chasing down she's chasing them all down like oh oh you're act oh you're, you're a major character you're a major character in this movie now okay and yeah. the entire time watching it I was just like did you put her in because of how good the villain from uh the the love from Blade Runner 2049 was and how she was a really cool villain because one she looks almost exactly like her it's insane and it's pretty much the exact same character, except, you know, she's not a robot. It's yeah. Well, she acted like one, that's for sure. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And the other note I've got here is that, well, we kind of said there, with, there's no kind of drive or kind of passion in any of the performances. As well, none of the actors have any chemistry whatsoever. Like, on the press tour, it looks like they're pretty, they're pretty good friends. Yeah, they seem all happy and everything. But I feel like TJ Miller was a major part in making everyone feel connected. Are you Really? Like, but TJ Miller, d wait, do you know if, because I've got a feeling this was mostly performance capture, a lot of this stuff. Did yeah. TJ Miller actually do the performance capture for his role or was, did he just do the voice? No, only voice. So he only did, so yeah. TJ Miller didn't do the performance capture for... No. Oh, okay. I feel, oh. He possibly he did. have, but... Internet, I correct me yeah. on that, please. Yeah, that, that probably was. Like, I didn't, haven't really delved too deep into his character, obviously, because I wanted to admit, give me some... Hope and going into the movie, not yep. like what and it'd be like. Also with that, um, well this might get into some changes in the book. So the character of Irock, who is voiced or possibly played, I, I don't know if he did the motion capture or not, by TJ Miller, is a secondary villain in this film. In the book, he's just like... A he's just a bully at school. He, he's just, yeah, he's just a school bully. And in this yeah. one, he's like a proper, a proper like secondary villain. Yeah, which like, yeah, he didn't seem like... And in the book as well, like... He mainly didn't do too much, just kind of bullied Wade around a lot, and then mm. you didn't see him for the rest of the book. Well, yeah, him. Uh, I found that that was a very weird direction because how I thought it was going to happen was that like when they towards the end where they call up everyone to you know fight in this huge battle towards the end, <laughs> I thought he was going to be like the one that because in the book he's like the one that everyone hates. <laughs> And what I thought is that the, he would be like the first one to like le like he'd be the first one to uh, like. Do you kind of know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like because when it, when they call out to everyone to like, oh, come and fight with us, I thought like he like, would show up and be like, yeah, I brought I brought yeah. all my bloody lackeys along with me. Yeah, 
I thought that was ha- that's how that was going to work out, but no secondary villain. Yeah. Okay. Like considering like the visuals I got from the book had no replication to what he actually was in the film. Like it was just completely different. Like mm. he was a child. He in was the like book. an orc and or now, something yeah, in, in this, this movie. In this movie, he was just like this major villain, obviously, and was just like obviously an adult. Like just yeah. had no sense whatsoever, and just I found it very strange, like how he kept. Like obviously his avatar name was I Rock, but he just kept making like s- like silly little jokes about his name and shit, and yeah, didn't it's really working. Not really. Yeah, just uh, it, it obviously with TJ Miller, he's a funny bloke and all that, but like he's not just funny in this yeah. movie. No, it he just, is. Yeah. He's kind of the failed comic relief in this film, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he kind of he tried to make some jokes and it just flew straight over my head. And also, this film is kind of soulless too. Like yeah. and th- there isn't uh, there's no depth to this movie. At least the book, uh, very broad strokes, had some kind of like they all say what would they do with the money? They'd like say they'd uh, end world hunger and like do all that kind of stuff. Like that's yeah. what they say. Like because there's that big like, thing. Yeah. There is not no, not even mentioned in this. Yeah, because it was a ho- the whole major thing about Artemis, which is Samantha in real life. Yeah, and yeah, she's played by Olivia, Olivia Cook. Cook. Yeah, which uh, I'll, I'll I'll get to it in a moment. But you keep yelling. Sorry. Yeah, so basically, like her, I like idea for what if she did win all that money and control of the oasis, she would yeah end world hunger, end like all the poverty and everything going on, completely rebuild society for what it was beforehand. Before they just didn't give a shit anymore, and yeah, it was just very different in the movie. Like they didn't mention saving anyone at all and didn't care, which was very strange. No, not at all. I've found that just. And also just the character of Artemis in this was just kind of completely neutered as well. Yeah. The, the, like, she just kind of, towards the end, like, this is, like, she's, she in the book, she's, like, with them the whole time. And then in this one, she, because, you know, this is just, she she's the only girl there. Of course she has to get, ki- she has to get kidnapped and, yeah, like, arrested like, uh, and taken to. Yeah, uh, we won't delve right. in too much because that would, yeah, yeah okay. with the book and that. But, um. Yeah, like it's it's very strange because in the book it's a real love hate relationship with Parzal and Artemis, and then hmm. oh, like they, I feel like they tried to do that with the movie, but no. they did not. It lasted about yeah. ten seconds, and yeah, then they were like, like, "I love us. you." Yeah, it's just, and obviously there was no real attraction scene in the movie no. at all. It was yeah. just very bland. Yeah, Ty, Ty Sheridan, like. I, I like him. I, he's been good in a lot of stuff. I think he's excellent in Mud as well. I think he, he he's also, I think I like him as a young Scott Summers in the recent X Men films. Here again, he's just got nothing to work with. This guy is Wade Watts is as bland as a hero can be. I'm yeah, <laughs> there's like no emotion. When you do see any emotion, it's just this really subtle tear just coming down yeah. his face. And, and th- that's the thing with a lot of these with the. Well, because when I first saw the trailer and I realized that it was all going to be the virtual world and they had all these avatars and things like that, they're all there's not a whole lot of emotion to the visual ca- of the characters. Like the, some of the like I, the motion capture is pretty good, but like just with the, they all look, especially with Ty Sheridan's character, he just looks dead eyed the entire time. Yeah, but I have to say, like coming, we got to have some good points coming in here. Like the visuals, in my opinion, I think were very well made at points. I think uh, I think the performance capture and stuff was pretty good. Some of the some of the worlds are a bit iffy. Like it's it's a bit inconsistent. Some of it looks really good. Some of it looks kind of crap. 
Yeah, like yeah, some obviously sometimes, but I think a lot yeah. of the ca- the characters look okay though. Yeah, like they they've really come a long way in CGI effects. Like mm. it, it it really shows in this movie, and you can just see like if this was to be a thing in the future, it is going to be amazing. But, but yeah, what I didn't like about this film, and that because I understand with with the uh, real life ones that's okay to have like a very dark kind of color palette and like you know very kind of gray stuff to show how terrible the real world is if you're going to go for that approach but even that's not really addressed that much either no like getting back to that but then in even in the oasis even a lot of those places are very dark and like i thought the yeah. oasis would be nice and like vibrant and colorful like and as you did see in really like isn't. parts of when they were like the first time you see what Wade actually delve into the oasis you see all these like nice things and like the beautiful beaches and they got going and then all of a sudden it's just straight into darkness again like they didn't yeah really keep it light at all like i honestly thought that there'll be bits and pieces where it would be light and happy but it just yeah it felt like the real shit world that we could be coming into yeah and wh- what's next on all this? So, yeah, the visuals, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, some look great, some don't really. Talk about the music in this as well. The soundtrack, I mean, wh- when it's an 80s throwback and all that kind of stuff, you're going to get a lot of 80s music. And it really sets the tone when uh, Van Halen's jump, which was plastered all over the trailers, is the first thing that you hear when you yeah. when you watch this movie. I was yeah, quite disappointed when they brought that up first. I was hoping they would have something going on, like, or at least... Like, from the book. Like, they had so many good songs that they yeah, could. I thought there was going to be at least a couple of Rush songs in the yeah, like soundtrack. <laughs> Look, there might have been and I just missed them, but... No, I'll, yeah, I think that the only one I really heard was near the end. And, like, I like honestly thought, because it was in the trailer, I'm like, oh, yeah, that surely they'll yeah, do ma- something. But they didn't even mention it in the movie. I will, I I will say the opening where it's Wade Watts, it's like, and I'm pretty sure it was a single shot as well of him climbing down from, like, his home all the way down. All the way down there. I'm pretty sure that was all done in one shot. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So, some of the cinematography and the shots are actually pretty good. Yeah. Like, like at the very start, once I saw that going, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good movie. I'm really, yeah, I've really high mm. hopes for it now. And just, this is a bit jumbled as well, but I remember just as soon as we started watching it, the production logos for like Warner Brothers and Roadshow and like all the other ones, they went really, really quickly. I'm like, did someone actually hit fast forward on the movie? Yeah, because they, they went like way too quickly than they usually do. Yeah, we thought that they'd stuffed something up at the cinema. Yeah, yeah, and there wasn't there was no sound to them. There wasn't like the there wasn't the Warner Brothers music on their logo either. It was it was a bit odd. Yeah, just quiet. As. And we just mentioned with the like how he was how he's the home in the stacks. Um, I'm pretty sure this was a thing added for the film as well because he only lived with his aunt, didn't he? And no, no, he did. He had um that the other. That he had the yeah. abusive uncle? Yeah, there was the abusive... Oh, it wasn't his uncle, but her boyfriend. Ah, oh, boyfriend, It was yeah. definitely that. Step uncle. Yeah. And uh, that, that's an actor that I've seen before. I just cannot... Like, I've seen him in a hundred things, and I just cannot pinpoint who he is. Yeah. And uh, I think that, th- that that just felt tacked on, and it ultimately comes to nothing, because, you know... Yeah. No spoilers, but something... They, they, they're not important. Yeah, it was just... Mm, a lot of times in this movie, it was just so predictable. Yeah. Like, you could just tell exactly what was going to happen. But there oh, really was only, like, one major point where I was like, oh, really, that actually did happen, which was right near the end when yep. they'd completed the quest and actually found the egg. But I'm not obviously going to go too much into detail yep. with that because that is 
probably one of the best points that they really did have in the movie. All right, uh, back to the uh, music for a moment as well. Um, this not not the soundtrack because it's just you know cl- like pretty much just all eighties music, but the actual musical score, which is done by Alan Silvestri, who's a great composer and has worked with s- and has done like a lot of the films mentioned, as you can see, Back to the Future. I've got a Back to the Future poster in my room where we're recording this, and Alan Silvestri did the music for that. But he also did the music for the Avengers, and there were quite a few points in this film where I found that. He just kind of recycled some of his uh, some of the the music that he did for the Avengers and like tweaked a little bit and then just threw it into Ready Player One. Yeah, I feel like it was kind of a mess with like the whole sound. There was obviously some really nice moments where the music did fit, and sometimes it just felt like it was a bit over the top with what we actually did see and hear. Mm, absolutely. Uh, we're kind of getting towards the end of this list as well, but uh, reference. I mean, re- a lot of references, a lot of yeah. them. See, this is this is going to be one of the. Uh, major I mean, this points. this is fan yeah. service, the motion picture. Yeah, it for <laughs> all those people that re- relive all the nostalgia of all these characters, and even they've got some new characters, like plenty of Overwatch. Yeah, there was Overwatch in characters in there. I'm and just watching this film and even watching the trailer, I'm like. How much did this movie cost? I mean, I mean, I know it's made by Warner Brothers and you got Spielberg, and he has like you know Warner Brothers. It's easier for them to put these in their mu- yeah. in their movie, and you've got Spielberg as well. Like, so you can put the DeLorean in there because he's a producer on Back to the Future and yeah. a few other things as well. But it must have cost an absolute fortune. Do you have the mm. budget for this movie on there at all? Um, I'll find that one out. Yeah, but so while you're doing that, there's a lot, like way too, way too many. Like early in the first fight, I saw Freddy and Jay, uh, Freddy, Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees get murdered. Um, I also saw like during the race uh, outside a theater, there was a Jack Slater movie out in the front of one of the theaters, which is a reference to the many, the forgotten Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Last Action Hero. Which I actually looked up earlier, and the write the co-writer of this film, Zach Penn, wrote Last Action Hero yeah, well, there as you well. Go. So yeah, there you so go. I've just yeah, just looked up this budget, and it was actually a hundred and seventy-five million. million. So Jeez. that's pretty extensive that's, for what we had. That's that's insane. I feel like a lot of that could have been prevented, and or even used well, in you don't sense. you don't really have many huge names in this movie though, so it probably all went to the effects. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, like, the biggest actor that you've got in this movie is probably Simon Pegg. <laughs> or Mar- uh, well, Mark Rylance, I guess, is the only Oscar winner you've got in there. Yeah. But, but yeah. apart from that... Yeah, I feel like a, a lot of things, too. Like, they, they've really just, like, thrown everything in your face. Like, hundreds of references over yeah. one screen. They're just throwing screen. everything at the wall and hoping yeah. one of and them sticks just, and like, nerds can second. say, Oh, look, there's the Iron Giant! Yeah. Or, oh, look, there's King Kong! Yeah, like there was obviously parts where and they could have used much more better characters and stuff, and but obviously they don't have the titles to actually do. Th- there is an entire scene where they go into pretty, mu- they pretty much go into a very, very famous horror movie, which we're not, we're not going to spoil. Yeah. But they, they all go into a famous horror movie to try and find one, which is where you find one of the keys, and I. It, yeah. I have mixed feelings about it. I'm like, this could have worked, but the way that you executed it just, nah. Yeah, and what they ba- it basically just brought zombies into it, which was yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, that was really really weird. Yeah, but um, and yeah, the way they did get the keys was extremely strange, and I felt mm. like there was like considering the book 
how they, uh, they actually found the keys was through so many like yeah very intricate yeah. things yeah, yeah. Re- like it I was just yeah it felt like it was just thrown out there and like anyone could get at any stage so it kind of yeah. made it a bit and also there. um they also in in this scene as well the, you spend so much time uh trying to find this like the objective is to try and find the key and then you follow another character who gets lost within this within the world of this film that they've entered and then, like, they finally meet back up again, and then some of the characters found the key off screen. Yeah. I and I was like, oh, really? I so have we- to mention something that really threw me off, was the part where, like, Wade actually did run into H, and it just, it seemed so sudden. Like, yeah, I'm like, didn't, did aren't you in a completely thing? different city? How yeah. the hell did you find each other? And consider, like, everyone just somehow all met up in this one, like, in America. Like how convenient. Place. Yeah, and you've got two Japanese uh, boys in their crew as well. Like, yeah. how how did they... They all just somehow met up in Ohio. Hey, just don't think about it. Yeah. And isn't Wade meant to be from Oklahoma City in s- anyway? No, no, he was definitely isn't from Col- Columbus, Ohio. No, he's... I, I remember in the books he was from Oklahoma. Like, he was, he was in OKC. No. I swear, and it, it, even when it came up, it came up on the, like, the little display fee when um, Sorrento finds out who... The Parzival really is. It says born Oklahoma City in the film. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe he was born there, but then moved to. I reckon that's probably why he he moved out with his auntie. So that's probably where she was. But yeah, in the book, like they, well, Wade travels so much, and in this movie, he's just in Ohio and comes onto the roof and realizes that everything that is here, like, is in Ohio, which is very strange. Like yeah. it, just, it seems too good to be true. Yeah, I I know. Uh, my last note that I've got here is uh, has a lot of question marks next to it. Is why are there so many British actors playing Americans in this film? Like, y- why do you have? Well, first of all, Simon Pegg, I don't think his American accent's that great. Why why bother? Just make him British. Yeah, like there's no reason like they could have made him British. Like considering that this film has Sa- gone same same with a lot same with yeah. James Halliday as well. Why? I know Spielberg has worked a lot with Mark Rylance now, but and look, Mark Rylance is great, but why? Why do you have? Uh, it just didn't make sense to me. And as well, Olivia Cook as well, mm. like another British actress who I think I, I think she's supposed to be Canadian. She's Canadian in the book, but I think yeah. she's just they just made her American yeah, here because they've made her from Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, what a coincidence. She's from like Vancouver in the book, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, and it, it was even funny that um, Dato and Choto they were both like oh yeah they're just not characters in this film no like but the funny thing was they just sprouted up from nowhere like they were all of a sudden just straight into the film with everyone else but well i am glad some of the very casual racist stuff from the books is out though oh yeah i'm (laughs) I'm sure that they would have done that for a good reason yep but it's just funny ernest klein was probably pushing for it and spielberg was saying no yeah it was yeah very very rushed for what it was but at the same time very slow paced yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, that, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, as I said, like, is this movie did not need to be two hours and 20 minutes. Like, and I understand, like, the, and I had a lot of problems with the beginning as well. There was just a huge exposition jump as well. Like, just pretty much, I, I guess there, there are more, there are better ways you can do it and just, like, a voiceover with, um, you know, Ty Sheridan's character telling you what it is. It's like, that, that goes for, like, 15 minutes and then the title card, Ready Player One, comes up. Yeah. I ha- but I have to say, like, the end really does kind of bring it all together. Like, they didn't, like, completely end it how I really pictured it to, but, like, towards the end, it was very intense and 
I feel like that. W- that really? Kind of, yeah. It, I it, felt it, that there was kind of no real stakes or tension to this movie whatsoever, and it was. I, the I way guess they did the visual effects for the last part, I found. Yeah, that, that was okay. Yeah. Like you can't say the whole movie was no, a it's it's waste. not awful. I just thought it was just not it's not worth seeing, and it's just not a very good movie. Yeah, I, it, it could have been better. It's definitely one of Spielberg's weakest films. I think. I think. Yeah, considering this movie has been in production for a very long time, mm. I feel like yeah, most of since that since like twenty fourteen for like the last yeah. at least the last four years or so. Yeah, and that they've just like put a lot of energy and time into the CGI effects and. They really did come through with what they did. Yeah, but and they could have changed it around a bit and made yeah. it a bit better. That what they could have done, uh, look, because the CGI, as you said, they put a lot of uh, emphasis and a lot of money into the CGI, and look, they're the best part of the film, I think. But maybe, let's see, take $5 million off of that uh, budget, of the visual effects budget, maybe put that to, no, not even that much, take $2 million out of that. What you do with that $2 million, you give it to a decent writer and you make them get get Ernest Klein the hell out of there. Get yeah. a proper a decent script writer. You can have you can have you can have you can have, er, you can have Ernest Klein as a story consultant, just don't have him as the screenwriter. Yeah. Thank you. I feel that that is a good way to put it. Yeah, ha- have but him yeah. as a producer or a screen or a script consultant. Just Yeah. Like I'm I'm sure like either way, it's this film is made from his book, so he should mm. be pretty happy with that in general. But like he didn't need to have so much input to what he really did. Yeah, I reckon so too. All right. So, a lot of people there's a lot of people so on my on the uh just before we finish up here because we didn't really like the film that much, but th- you know, there's a lot of people that have very very varying opinions and uh that's what's great about the Stardust app, which is something that I've um been on for Quite a while now, and I've been plugging on the show for a while. And uh, Stardust, are not. Pr- uh, let me just preface: Stardust is not paying me to do this. I think this is just. I, I actually really enjoy the Stardust app, and uh, I, I really enjoy the format. And I want to share just some people's reactions of what they think of Ready Player One. Some people might have really loved this film, and maybe we might find some people who are like us, and we're just kind of lukewarm or a bit cold on it. Or you might have some people that absolutely loved it. So. We're just going to go through a couple of the Stardust reactions on here, see what some people thought of them, and uh, maybe see where, they ca- where they're coming from, see if we agree with the points that they make, or what, what's going to happen with this. So, yeah, Cooper, you should get Stardust. You'll be great. You would be great on Stardust, Cooper. Oh, I'm not really too much of a film nerd. I don't yeah. really have like much passion towards films. I, I do enjoy films, but I don't, obviously have the right sense of mind to pick and choose what is good. Like, obviously... It doesn't matter. It Honestly, it doesn't matter. Your opinion's your opinion. And no. Stardust allows you to share your opinion. Like yeah, I've I, had I feel a, like you are sponsored. Like yeah. I, no, I'm <laughs> not sponsored. I'm not sponsored at all. I'm doing You're this. all over this app. <laughs> I, I love it. I really do love it. So anyway, so Cooper and I are going to look at some of the Stardust reactions that, we, that for people have seen Ready Player One and what they think about it. Um, let, 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 let's see if we. It, well, well, do you think we'll get a mix of oh, like people, think, yeah. or do you I think, think we'll get a lot of people who like love fanboying it? over it, and then there will be some that will be like, "Yeah, you know what? Oh, I don't really like it." But All right. Uh, All right. Well, the first I feel one. Like some give it. Well, most will yep. give it a fair shot. And these are just from people that I follow as well on the Stardust app. So and they that have seen it already. So um, uh, the the these are yeah. 
let's uh, yeah, let's let's have a look <laughs> let's see what they think so the first one is from joe the first reaction is from joe billings who is at on stardust who is at joe b123 let's have a listen and see what I mean, this is a visual app as well. Like, you yeah. video yourself. But yeah. because, you know, obviously this o- podcast format is audio only, you're just going to have to listen oh. to this. So, this is Joe's thoughts on Ready Player One. Here we go. Four stars uh, he rated it. Ready Player One from Steven Spielberg. A movie I was really looking forward to. And I gotta say, it was a blast. This is probably one of the most fun cinematic experiences i've had this year i saw it on the biggest screen i possibly could there's so much movie references and this and pop culture references in this movie that you cannot catch them all in one viewing i'm gonna have to see this multiple times and i actually want to see it multiple times oh there you go okay yeah so obviously a fanboy <laughs> yeah look i, I enjoy i enjoy joe's uh, reactions and all that kind of stuff but uh i just joe mate i gotta disagree with you here though yeah, like, obviously, he hasn't speculated too much into it. He's just really gone off the referencing. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I'm, I'm really liking how they've shown all this. And yeah. I'm just wondering, because we, we just saw it at a regular theatre. Like, the, every, every, like, a lot of reviewers I've said, they say, see this on the biggest screen you possibly can, possibly IMAX and possibly in yeah. 3D. Yeah, that's I, I'm heard. not too sure about that. It just felt way too... Like the camera was moving way too quickly. Yeah, that's what I was meant to. And it wasn't that thing. it wasn't really that focused either. Oh, yeah, so I, I, I feel like it was. Yeah, it, like it just seemed like such a low budget movie when they were actually filming in the real world. Like the camera was just shaking constantly, and it just it didn't seem to fit with what they were actually trying to do. Yeah, not really. <laughs> All right, next one, next reaction we've got here comes from Austin Burke, who is actually a YouTuber. And thank you, Austin. Uh, he recently featured my reaction in his uh, in, in a video of his for Infinity War. Oh. Like, he was doing a breakdown of Infinity War, and he uh, featured a reaction of mine, so thanks for that, Austin. So, this is kind of returning the favour, and you are, and Austin is at the Birkinator, with a three instead of an E, so it's the Birkthrenator, I guess. And this is what Austin had to say about Ready Player One. He has given For it also some, four the cameos, stars. the Easter eggs, and the sheer amount of characters in this movie is going to overshadow the rest of the film. But for me, I look at what Steven Spielberg did here. I look at the visuals, the way it's executed, and just the fact that I had fun from Act 1 to Act 3. There are things to nitpick in this film, but I had an absolute blast watching it. Not just picking out all of the characters that I know from other things, but just being so engaged with the plot, the story, and the character. Steven Spielberg, you did it again. The magic is back. Ready Player One is a blast. And uh, just Austin there, just with the visuals, he also rated that an 88%, so out of 100. So Yeah, I feel like he's, in saying the visuals were nice, I, yeah, I can agree. Yeah, I can agree with, with that, totally. but again, picking out the things that... Do- look, I understand some people enjoy that in movies, but just when they just throw a bunch of references at you... Yeah, it's, at it's you, too hard to kind it, of focus on and think... Like, once it you takes think you out it, of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't... E- look, uh, obviously, Austin, you're entitled to your own opinion, and I, I really enjoy watching your YouTube videos and your reactions, dude. But I just don't think that's a... F- it's not a really a, a point to the movie, because I found that, like, if you just keep thinking about that and just... It, yeah, yeah, it, it will distract he, he did you. mention that he wasn't focusing too much on that, which I found... Yeah, that, that is, cr- like, the best way to view it. And the visuals were outstanding, like, mm. for what it was. But... There were times, obviously, where it did trail off from 
the path it should have been on. Next reaction uh, comes from another one of my uh, Stardust buddies, uh, Aaron, who is at Film Enthusiasts on the Stardust app. He, in his, uh, on the text on screen, he has put, Total Blast, Nerds Unite. So I'm guessing that he has given this quite a good rating. And uh, let's have a look what Aaron... Uh, a look. Let's, you can have a look if you download the Stardust app, which is on uh, iTunes or Google Play. Download it for free. I swear they're not giving me money. But here's what Aaron had to say about Ready Player One. And he has given it five I stars. I am giving it five stars. It was not perfect, but I had a very, very good viewing experience. I can't wait to watch it again. I'm going to see it again this weekend with my sister. Um, yeah, I do like the book. A lot of people don't, that's fine, but it is different from the book, so I encourage you to see it anyways. Please support this movie. Spielberg brings that magic. Sometimes the avatars, you just look at it and you're like, that could look way better in my opinion. Um, I had a blast. The ending, oh, just everything I wanted. I agree what he says there when he says, yeah, well, again, with some of the things don't always look that great. But then, uh, yeah, but I haven't, like... I don't, I don't know what they're really watching because I saw like a lot of times in the real life when they were actually filming the actors, they just, they didn't seem invested, yeah, like really. That, they, yeah, they, they didn't give me the sense that they were it enjoying was, themselves. It was almost as if they were looking over to the craft services table and waiting for them to call lunch, yeah. to be quite honest. But he also mentioned about the Spielberg magic, which... Look, Aaron seems to think that this film has it, and that's, again, your art is subjective, and you can have that opinion. That's fine. Um, I didn't find it that... I I didn't find this was... This didn't really feel like a Spielberg movie, to be honest. Yeah. This felt very... It felt like a very stereo, very studio kind of... Almost like a cookie cutter. I feel like he really did work with what he had. Mm. And, yeah, as, as I said, I enjoyed the book, and I... I don't know, uh, it might have been the way that it changed so mm. much from the book that kind of changed my opinion, but, like, like in, in all mm. honesty, I think that the movie is, yeah. like, it was alright. And I also think that Spielberg, like, he's one of those directors that just, he, co- I think he may have, he's elevated it from being, a ter- from a terrible movie to yeah. a watchable and mediocre movie. Yeah, like, like, in, how they actually would, it in the book like they had the keys and then you go to each gate and then for this mm. one they've completely changed that aspect and yeah. it's just all the keys in this yeah, one you need a cut gate. for time yeah yeah so that's how they've done it obviously but i mean and, and like that, yeah, that's a good yeah. way to work around that i yeah, I, I, I thought that was that was a good way like, but yeah I, I was exactly just about to say it's that, just the parts um, in between that i, I really did work. enjoy how they did find like how the last key was obtained because it, it's a major part of halliday's like involvement and this is really brought like some parts from the book which i really enjoyed into the film and it was just yeah it just made it quite enjoyable Mm. uh next reaction comes from spencer henderson who is at spenny hend on stardust and guy who i love his reactions he's a great guy to watch he does a lot of reactions in character as well uh chad the victim especially he is absolutely hilarious uh let's have a look well spencer and i usually have similar film tastes so i'm interested to hear what he thinks about this he has given it three stars all right people i just saw that ready play one yeah it was good i'd say it was fine um i wish it would have kind of 
released itself from all the references to kind of be its own thing and give us something memorable through its own story. That being said, the Shining sequence was amazing. Made the ticket worth it. Okay, well, um, Spencer seems to have gone ahead. Yeah, the movie that they go into is The Shining. Yeah, um, there we go. We have finally we've cracked, We've cracked that nut. Sorry, well, that kind of deletes our whole... That, that's fine, Spoiler though. Theory. But yeah. what he was saying, I agree with that. Like, I don't think this movie... Is anyone going to remember this movie in, like, 10 years' time? Um, I'm, I'm sure... Uh, no, probably not. I don't, and I don't know if it has a whole lot of replay value. But uh, again, apart from the references that it has, I've, it yeah. doesn't. But then again, you got to let the movie and its story stand on its own. I completely agree what Spencer's saying. Like, I didn't like it as much as Spencer did here, but yeah, I feel like this kind of movie could have been one that goes straight to DVD. But yeah, uh, a, a, a but movie like, with a hundred and seventy-five million dollar budget going straight to DVD, no. absolutely not. No, like just how the way they filmed it, like it just seemed like. That kind of movie, but like, obviously, it's a lot of money. Like, you can't just mm. do that. But um, yeah, like I, I, I don't know what he liked about The Shining. I'm guessing he's just fanboying over it. But uh, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I can see why some people would like that. I just found it a little bit tedious, and yeah. and there's also a few moments in there that are calling back references to other film where I literally shouted "fuck you" at the screen and. Cooper can uh, attest to that because he was sitting right next to me in the cinema when we were doing that, when yeah. we were watching it. <laughs> it's your own opinion. that You can do that <laughs> if you want. I, I wouldn't do that personally, <laughs> but yeah, y- you're your own, mate. Yeah. Uh, next up is um, at Movie Babble. This is uh, a guy named Nick, I believe. I, I like this guy's reactions. Uh, I-, I find that I agree with him a lot most of the time, like I do with Spencer. Um, let's, have a l- let's have a look what Nick has to say. And he has given this film three stars. Ready Player One is pretty exhausting at two hours and 20 minutes. Absolutely. Uh, it kind of has a regressive uh, view of nerd culture and kind of I'm lukewarm on the characters, but there's a lot, a lot of fun in this movie. Just everything from the Easter eggs to the really kinetic action that Steven Spielberg directs here. He makes some really, really cool set pieces that are a blast. And there's a lot of things in this movie I've never seen before. I, I can agree exactly what he's saying. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I have no arguments to it whatsoever. He's said exactly what I've been thinking the mm. whole time. Like, obviously, yeah, the effects are amazing. Yeah. Like, obvi- yeah, the time could have been shortened a bit. The characters, yeah, were a bit... Mm. Yeah, it's kind of take them or leave yeah. them, the characters. I agree with kind of a lot of the stuff that he said there, except for the fact that he had fun with this and I didn't. But again, that's a yeah, kind of the I, subjective I swear, yeah, thing. You just have to have an open mind. I, I just found this film. I just found myself kind of bored with this one. Mm. No, the action sequences were good. I I, I really mm. think that they made it what it was. Like there were times where it was pretty slow to get to the point, but yeah, I think it was alright. All right, next up, going to hear a different opinion. Uh, we've got a lady talk, talking about the movie now, so this might be a different opinion here. This is Adorkable Rachel. Uh, I can't exactly read the text that she says here. It says, great idea, but too many rules, and there's a bit more to it. So let's hear what uh, Rachel had to say about Ready Player One. Three stars. Okay, movie, you had like 75% of you going for you. Visuals were awesome. Great little setup and idea. 
I don't fucking care about the characters, though. Like, what was with the first ten minutes of, like, exposition, exposition, exposition? Like, dude, movie 101, show, don't, tell. With that said, I liked the last third of the movie the most, I think. That's when things kind of came together and it felt like what it was supposed to be. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's I agree. Yeah, that, that I agree with a lot of that. Did not give a shit about any of those characters. Yeah, they they spoke too much about their mind. They didn't. Yeah, obviously they, they didn't show any emotion. Like no, not at was, all. There was no real. Oh uh, yeah, I feel like there there should have been more connection with the characters, but there really wasn't. But yeah, yeah the, the last third was amazing. Yep, and just with her um. Uh, with, with the text that she said, she said, great idea, but too many rules, more than enough plot holes, and too much explaining. Oh, and no character arcs. So, because you can also put text on the Stardust thing as well, but yeah, absolutely agree with what Rachel has to say there. Yeah. She are, yeah, she's literally... She, she's nailed it there. And oh, again, again, like, she was just able to f- find a way to have fun with this movie, but I was just, you know, bored. Yeah, I was going to be worried. I was, like, I, I was oh, just ma- kind of bored with yeah. it. Like, oh, wait, wait, are we wrong with this yeah, movie? Yeah, like I was just like, no. oh, maybe we saw the wrong movie. I don't no, know. Don't, ne- never back down on your opinion. Ne- never ever back down. Uh, we've got a. C- we'll do a couple more here. There's one guy um, uh, that has a bunch of reactions. Like he's broken it down into a bunch of them. Oh really? Yeah, he he's got like six separate reactions. Oh. You know what we'll do? We'll 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 do this. This is the last guy we're gonna do. So yeah. this is uh, Chris D'Onofrio on Stardust. Uh, First of all, he's got his uh, so he's got six different reactions uh, talking about the film. He's broken them down into like different aspects of the film. I think the first one here that he has is just a general overview of it. So let's hear what Chris has to say. He's given it four stars. Oop, hold on. I accidentally turned the sound off so I could read the uh, or the text on Rachel's reaction. So let's uh, see. Let uh, ah, sorry, this is all being edited out. All right, here's what Chris has to say about Ready Player One. He gave it four stars. I was really concerned with the pop culture aspects of Ready Player One going into it. And surprisingly enough, didn't bother me at all. I did not once feel like I was being beat over the head with anything. And that's what that was my apprehension initially. Everything is there in the background, part of the world of the Oasis to be noticed or acknowledged or not to be. It really doesn't interfere with anything or feel forced. I can agree with a lot of that. I I found I find yeah it was like very a lot of it. References. Some some of them are quite subtle. Like I don't know if anyone else picked up on the on the one from Last Action Hero. Like a lot of people probably did. Yeah, like there was a point where you thought they were Ninja Turtles. Yeah, like yeah, they're, they're the th- I, I thought they were Michael Bay Ninja Turtles, but apparently they're Battle Toads. But yeah. yeah, stuff like that takes me out of a movie. But like it obviously Chris did not have a problem with that at all. And I'm I'm wish that I could have been like that because I really wanted to like this movie. Yeah. I just I feel didn't. like yeah, but like in in saying like how you thought there was something different, like it's very hard to actually pinpoint every single thing because there's just yeah. so much stuff coming at you all at once, and it's just it's very quick. Uh, Chris's next reaction uh, that was with the that was his nostalgia. This is actually his general thoughts. It, the wait is over. Ready Player One is finally here. I have been anticipating this one for a long time. Big Spielberg fan. And I'm happy to say, didn't let me down. This film is really good. I thought I really enjoyed it. I, I had I didn't love it. I have my issues with it, which is, and that's fine. That being said, I can't wait to see it again. There's just so much in this film to take in. It's not perfect, but it's damn good. Yeah, um, don't quite agree with him there. 
Oh, I can understand, like, he means it's not perfect. Yeah. I can see those aspects, and I can understand why he would like it. Just the fact that, like, yeah, the yeah, oh, the visuals, once again, amazing. But um, coming back to, like, the references and that, I feel like it was just, yeah, so fast-paced that you couldn't pick up on everything. That's, that's more F- what Fast-paced? Like, they quickly kept changing. Yeah. Like, with the battle, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like they, they just, like, kind of threw everything there but made it that yeah. like they changed the camera that quickly you yeah actually they, they don't really they don't really pay much attention to them but because there are so many of them like it's they're just thrown on there yeah there's just so many yeah so you basically would have to just pause the movie at each scene and just pick up on what's going on okay uh chris's other reaction this is him talking about the What's he talking about here? Characters. I've used a little more real-world time with our characters. I was really surprised at how much I was able to connect to the Oasis versions of them, their avatars. Tyler Sheridan, this is probably the thing I've enjoyed him in the most that I've seen him in. It's Olivia Cook, though, that once again and always steals the show. What she's able to convey through her real-world acting, of course, is great. It's what she conveys through her avatar that really surprised me. Well, I guess that's a big props to the animation and possibly also the motion. I'm, I'm assuming that Olivia Cook did the motion capture for poor performance for her um, for her character as well. I, I don't agree with that I could connect with any of these characters, though. They just felt kind of bland. And uh, as I said, they're, they're better in... Surprisingly, they're better in the book. And I don't really like the book that much, so... Yeah, like I feel like one of the major parts in the book that I connected to, I'm obviously not going to say what it was, but that was definitely not in the film, and I was yeah I, I I felt like they wouldn't be able to take that out of the book and put it into the film, but I was hoping that they would have some sense of what it was, but unfortunately that's yeah one of the things that let me down, but it, it, it's fine in a way. All right, uh, Chris's next review is talking about uh, Alan Silvestri's score, so um let's see if uh let's see if Chris has similar opinions to me or if he actually. Or if he has different thoughts, let's have a look. Well, let's have a listen, I should say. Again, audio podcast. As much as I will always love viewing and hearing the end result of a John Williams-Steven Spielberg collaboration, I am so glad they got Alan Silvestri, the composer of the Back to the Future trilogy, to do the score for this film, because I would not want to hear it any other way. The music is fantastic. He just nails exactly what Spielberg is going for. And the stuff he does with the Back to the Future related references is so subtle and genius. Well, it must have been subtle because I just certainly didn't pick up on it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, um, yeah, the only references on Back to the Future was the DeLorean. So. Yeah. Oh, there might have been a couple of musical cues. I know at the end of one of the trailers, they had the... Oh, yeah. Like, but that, that's in the trailer as well. So, yeah, it must have been really subtle because I didn't pick up on it. But I, I've said what I thought about Alan Silvestri. Just signed it. F- a few of them just sounded like recycled and slightly tweaked things from his Avengers score. But, hell, art of, again, art of subjective. Let's yeah. see what Chris had to say about the villains of the film. This, I think we might agree here. I thought Ready Player One was really good. You'll notice I only gave it four out of five stars. And a big part of that is because of the villains. I thought they kind of sucked. They all seemed like a bunch of idiots. I know, I'm just being crap. I know, but they did. And Nolan Sorrento, portrayed by Ben Mendelsohn, who I loved in Rogue One, he just, he was dancing in between, man, mustache twirling villain and corporate prick and just didn't know where to land. Yep. 
completely agree. And also with there, he said villains or villains. So sick burn from Chris there. Yeah, it, it, he has a major point there. Like, yeah, they were just stupid. Yeah, like, they they were dumb. Yeah, like ugh, there was. It's so predictable what could have happened, and they just didn't really follow through. Like, it, yeah, they, like it's so easy to pick up on, but they just acted like they were pretty much like, yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, sorry, just uh, Chris's last... Whoa, something happened here. So Chris's last one here, I think this is talking about Spielberg's direction. So this is what he has to say about that. Come on, load, load. So is this Steven Spielberg's best film in the last 20 years? No. No. Thank no, you. it definitely is not. Is it his most entertaining film no. in the last 20 years? Yeah. Yeah, it is. This film is two hours and 20 minutes long. It didn't feel it to me it moved at a pretty brisk pace is the story rushed at some points yes but it's still told considerably well definitely go and check this out okay that's a big fuck you to minority report because minority report is excellent yeah well every, every person's opinion can be wrong absolutely uh let's see oh but i've i seem to have because we have i posted a reaction with cooper on my stardust as well and that's already gaining a little bit of traction here so, um, film, sure enthusiast, would, film enthusiast, film enthusiast, much to say about it. So, film enthusiast commented, who we shared a reaction from earlier. He said, "At least you gave it a shot. Can't say you didn't give it a chance." He spelt chance incorrectly. He spelled it with an oh, M no. and not a C. Well, idiot. <laughs> nah, sorry, Aaron. Love you. Love you, mate. Um, and I got another comment on there from Elective Cross, who actually had a reaction up earlier. So. He actually just posted a reaction a couple of minutes ago while we're doing this. So let's have a look and see what Elective Cross... I can't, don't remember your real name. Five-star rating. Just got back from seeing Ready Player One. I love this movie. This was so exciting and fun. I can definitely see people not really enjoying it that much. It is kind of very pandering with the pop culture references. Absolutely. I don't care. I thought it was just so exciting, so much fun. If you see it and you don't like it, fair enough. I saw it. I loved it. I think you should see it. But hey, that's just my opinion. Yeah. And his um, what did he say on the his comment on my thing? He has said, he has said, I disagree. Really liked the movie. Enjoyed the characters, Easter eggs, visuals, and its story. Uh, I didn't like the characters. Didn't like the Easter eggs. I thought the visuals were okay, and I thought the story was really bland. Yeah, I feel like you really did not like the movie. No, like, no, I, really. I, I still see it with some hope like uh, there was plenty of parts where i can agree but i can't say it was horrible yeah oh it's definitely not horrible like there are definitely worse steven spielberg films than this like uh it like jurassic jurassic world 2 not jurassic world 2 sorry um lost world jurassic park is worse than this uh indiana jones and the and the kingdom of the crystal skull is way worse than this but yeah it's i just i couldn't I wasn't engaged with this. I yeah. b- and believe me, I never want a movie to be bad. I never ever want movies to be bad. I wish all movies could be amazing, but that's just not the case. Yeah. I just found myself kind of bored and uninterested with this film. Yeah, there were obviously times where I did feel a bit zoned out and kind of like, oh, come on, just hurry the pace up a bit. But then it did, did come around sometimes and I was pretty intrigued with a lot of like things that they had going and they really did keep me entertained 
and yeah, like that. Yeah, the last third was probably the best part of it. Mm. Up until then, it was kind of very slow pace. It was very meandering. Yeah, like, like mm, I'm sure that there, there isn't really any sense of urgency to this film, though, is there? Not you would really. think in this big, like in the book, I felt there was a sense of urgency to fight, like to you know win this content. There, there isn't really that kind of threat in this film. Yeah, like um, yeah, it just it it seemed very weird how, like, even though there was so many of them that really got the, like, first copper key quickly. Oh, they might might have like scaled out. It seemed very quick when they did all get it at the same time. But yeah, yep. Parzival was still the most famous out of everyone, even though they would see other people and just kind of leave them beside. Absolutely. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps up everything we have to say about this one. Yeah. Well, what do you rate it? Uh, if I was to give it a rating, I reckon this would... Out of five. Yeah. Uh, I can't give this a oh. positive rating. Uh, so out of five, out of five, this is about. I'll go out of ten then. Out of ten, out of ten, this is about a forty-eight. Four point eight. Four point eight. Sorry. Yeah, so like four point eight, and, and yeah. hovering between four point eight and a five. It's just, it, it's average. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, 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 internet. I didn't like this movie. Yeah, I feel like I could give it a. Six, maybe six and a half at best. Oh, but okay. I don't know. Like it, it, it more let me down with the book, but yeah, obviously they've got to change it a lot. But mm. yeah, that obviously that part where it obviously can't get to a ten is mostly to do with the characters, and I didn't feel a sense of connection towards them, mm-hmm. and just a, yeah, a lot of silly things that I didn't enjoy, but. The visuals were a major thing for me, and I quietly, well, I, I I did enjoy it, and some references to the book made me quite happy, and obviously, like pop culture references were a major thing, but they weren't obviously the major point. Mm. Well, some people seem to, uh, yeah. as we've seen from the Stardust, uh, a lot of people seem to be putting a lot of attention on that kind of stuff. Which, yeah, look, I I think is the. Not a great way to go about seeing this film, but yeah, considering the book is like a major pop culture. Yeah, as um, I think it was Elective Cross uh, Zero Two who did that last one. With he was the one that said it was very pandering, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, look, if you love this film, that's awesome. I just couldn't connect with it, and that was actually a really awesome episode. So we're we're nearly at the hour mark here. So um, I think we're going to call it quits here. Thank you very much for Cooper coming on this episode and i'm glad we got to talk for this long as well because our original um guardians episode that uh, i accidentally deleted was only about like 20 25 minutes long oh, too really? yeah oh, well so yeah, well considering like we were like uh, you'd seen it a long time back and it was yeah still kind of fresh in my memory but it'd been like two or three weeks it yeah was still, like we didn't really have much to really opinionate on it yeah and we we literally saw this about what not even two hours ago yeah. so this is all, so re- it's all fresh now, it's all very fresh in our heads so thanks, Cooper, for coming on. I uh, don't want to. Well, Cooper, do you have any plugs? I, I ask this to all my guests anyway, but I don't really have any famous guests. But do you have anything that you want to plug? Any social media platforms oh, or whatever? Not really. Like, no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a real kind of person who is out there for people to like connect with me and like experience what I'm doing. I, I don't really 
put up too much. Mm. So is he? Really he's an engineering student. He's too yeah. busy. <laughs> oh, I've, yeah, I've got a very lot on my plate, so I don't really spend too much time with social media. I don't really upload very often. Yeah. So it's yeah, usually going to concerts whenever you do too. So yeah, if like you want to see bootlegged footage of a concert, follow Cooper oh, on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. If you <laughs> if you want to if you enjoy music and plenty of good times, you can follow me on Instagram and check out my concert <laughs> film footage, which is yeah. it's fairly crappy, but it's still entertaining if you enjoy music. So just yeah, like. My name's Cooper Docking, and you can just follow me there if you really want to, but <laughs> you don't have to, <laughs> so yeah. don't feel well, like... I, I, I can imagine you're just like, please don't, please don't. Go ahead and spam Cooper if you it's want. Just, yeah, it's just what I enjoy. Like, Obviously, yeah, this, this movie has been very anticipated for me over the last year because I, as I said, enjoyed the book, and I've been counting down the days and looking forward to this, so I, I feel that that could have played a major role in uh, what I thought of it. But yep. uh, overall, it was... Just before we sign off, do you think that you will see this movie again? Well, with me, I don't really watch movies twice very often, so probably not. Like, if, if I was showing someone it, maybe, but I wouldn't really want to, like, want to watch it again. Like, I wouldn't go out of my way just to go watch it. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, maybe if it comes on cable... Like one time, or yeah. if it's like if it's like a free movie that they're showing or whatever, I might watch it again. But again, I don't think this has a whole lot of replay value. No. And as for my plugs, uh, as I said, we've been talking about Stardust on this episode a lot. Uh, you can download Stardust from the App Store or from Google Play. It's a really, really great app. And if when once you download the app, you can follow me. I am at Sean Coates. On the Stardust app, I am currently just—I'm about to hit 450 followers. Uh, if I could get oh, to 500, congratulations! Yeah, if uh, I'm going to try and get to 500, so that would be really awesome if you guys could get me there. That would be fantastic. As for all the other places, you can like our Facebook page. That's almost at 100 likes too. So if you could, uh, you know, get us up there, that would be awesome. So uh, at Facebook, we're another bloody movie podcast. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at AB Movie Podcast and at Instagram at Another Bloody Movie Pod. And you can also find my personal Instagram and Twitter at SeanHub underscore. That is S-E-A-N-H-U-B underscore. And you can also, I completely forgot, this is the one I should have put at the front. You can follow us on SoundCloud at Another Bloody Movie Podcast. All of the all of our links and social media stuff is right next to it if you're listening on SoundCloud. Or if you're an or if you're an Apple person, you can listen to it, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a rating there. That would be really awesome. And I'm also if you want to see some of my written reviews, which I will do one for Ready Player One a bit later, you can follow me on Letterboxd. That is Letterboxd L E T E R B O X D dot com slash Sean Coates. Thanks once again for Cooper Docking for coming on this show. How about your radio station? My radio station? That's not really... That's... I don't know what's You're going on with that. that. We ha- I haven't heard anything back from that yet. Oh, okay. So, yeah, then I might possibly be on the radio here at Swinburne very soon, but uh, there's been a lot of things delaying that, so I will give more information about that when I hear more about it. So, yeah, thanks for Cooper Docking for coming back on. This episode's been a long time coming, and he's, uh, he's been a great guest. Oh, thank you very much for having me. All right, and thank I you feel. very much for listening, guys. We will see you later.